ladies and gentlemen, this is my first time opening up this podcast. So a whole scant five seconds ago, our co-host, Brother Bruce over there, said, hey, why don't you open this up? To which I said, all right, I'll shoot from the hip. I have no idea what I'm doing, but I would like to welcome you to Fear Not. Uh, Bruce, this is our third episode, correct? Yeah. Yeah, my name is Ken. I'm sitting here with Bruce uh, talking about uh, what the Word of God says about fear and uh, how it is the biggest thief in our lives and how we believe that Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, wants to set us free from fear. Uh, that's so did good. Did you do good? Was that all yeah, right? Yeah, I think, all right. I, I think you did all right. Sweet, yeah, you, you opened things up great, man. Okay. Uh, one of the reasons why I wanted you to open this one up is this is this one's going to come from a different angle. Instead of more of a conversation-based, I'm coming to you with you're the pastor. I'm the guy who's trying to learn. Still new in my faith. Okay. Um, but also for our listeners that are kind of either in the same boat or before, we've used this word discernment yes. a lot in this church through yes. you, through churches uh, across the, the nation people hear this word discernment mm-hmm. and with our listeners being from like that young age 16 to 30 those people that really need christ to mm-hmm. even the age that i am now um i, I was kind of thinking how much of them are familiar with this word discernment yeah what it means and what it means from a christian standpoint yeah so today we're going to talk about discernment and i'm just going to kind of pick your brain about it a little bit all right um so starting with that do me a favor. Define discernment for me. Oh, man. We're hitting the ground running. Um, yeah, no, I, I completely agree with your assessment of the word. It is a, um, and it's an English word. It's not necessarily set aside for religious applications, but you hear it a lot in religious circles. So without, you know, pulling out ye iPhone and going to Webster.com and seeing exactly what they say discernment means, I'll tell you what I mean when I say it from the pulpit, okay, mm-hmm. or talking about discernment with my Christian buddies or, you know, myself, right? Um, the I think the biggest context I, I would want the listener to understand is I feel like discernment is the realm of the Holy Spirit, right? I mean, there's, there's your opinion and there's conventional wisdom. There might be, you know, societal common sense. And then there's discernment. What I mean by discernment is what does God say about the topic you're discerning? Okay. okay. Like, is it, you know, I mean, the, the, when, I guess it's just as simple as that. When I say discernment, I'm like, we're going beyond my opinion. We're going beyond what I think we're going to what God says. So when I pray for discernment or say you have to exercise discernment, all I'm saying is simply we have to know what God is saying about what we're talking about. Okay. Well, let's plug that into what we were saying last time. How some people... Some Christians are like, God's speaking with me directly. And mm-hmm. we're like, well, is this discernment thing something that's definitive? Like, can you definitely tell that this is coming from the Holy Spirit versus this is just you knowing good from evil? <laughs> this this is the dance. <laughs> Not sincerely. Uh, it is. The, the word is clear that, that, you know, the Holy Spirit promises us wisdom and promises us involvement in our lives. Um, and I'll be honest with you, man, I've been very uncomfortable with... Uh, the level of certain people's um, blame uh, when it comes to God told me, right? It's like they, they just, they're operating in their own opinion and it, it's always, well, God says this and God does this and Lord this. And, you know, um, this, because I've been on the receiving end of, well, God told me something that you're disagreeing with, so you're you're against God. 
You know, I can't say how many times I've been on the receiving end of that battering ram. Um, and it's it's a tricky thing. I, I think the biggest thing that we have to implement when practicing discernment is uh, humility and maybe secondly, teachability. You know, because there, there's been a lot of times that I've really believed God's saying something about something and then I learn more, I hear more, I, I mature a little bit. I'm like, okay, maybe that was a little bit too much Ken. So it's a sticky thing, man. Okay. Um, so I understand that, uh, what you're saying with humility and teachability, but for our teenagers and our young ones, um, what do you mean by humility? Hmm, okay. It's simply put as this, you're not always right. We all feel like we are. We being, all do. Being okay with not being right. Being okay with not being right. Yeah. Being okay with not um, having it all figured out. Okay. I mean, and, and this is this is a difficult thing when it comes to the demographic that you're talking about, Bruce. Because, I mean, I've jokingly said it this way. I was infinitely more intelligent at 23 than I am now at 43. <laughs> so, sincerely, that guy had it all figured out. Um, now, through the lens of maturity and time, I look back and I'm like, oh, Ken, <laughs> little 23-year-old Ken, I pat myself on the head and move on, right? Uh, the older I get, the more willing I am to say, I don't have all of this figured out. And that's, that's what humility is, is being willing to hear. For, I think about the polarizing conversations in society today. I mean, if we just had the grace to lower our defenses and drop our fists and say, Tell me why you feel this way, man. I mean, we get so much further in relationship and in society, you know. So that's what I mean by humility is just being willing to say I don't. I'm not always right. Okay. And then the other one was teachability, mm-hmm. right? So I, when I think of this teachability, like and considering discernment, right? I do something out of good discernment in, in towards an action or towards something, and sometimes the person I'm doing this towards it comes off to where it seems like it's going to hurt them uh-huh. or it's not such a good thing to them, but my discernment is telling me that's what this person needs. Okay. It may hurt them for them to hear, okay. right? But is this still an honorable to God thing to do for me yeah. Yeah. to teach this person? Right. Is that what you mean when you're kind of coming as teachability or should teachability always be an easy thing? Uh, you're talking about like delivering, like being a teacher to somebody that needs to hear something that they don't want to hear? Yeah, like what if your discernment is hurtful? <laughs> okay, that that becomes a a uh, topic of method, right? When the message is something that somebody needs to hear that they disagree with, it's very important that we understand what method is going to make you the most listenable, right? Okay. If we come in swinging, you know, like, oh, hey, let me tell you why you're stupid, all right? I mean, how many people will be like, oh, yeah, please tell me. How, <laughs> how, how am I an idiot? You know, I mean, nobody's going to be. But if you come at them with love, and saying, like, I mean, I, I think of a meeting I had this week where I had to tell somebody something that they were very, very in disagreement about. And what you do is, you you know, you, you couch it in a way that isn't pansifying the message, right? Truth needed to be spoken. But you say it in a way that's edifying and that's loving. You know, and like, for instance, I'm clearly not going to give any details about it, but I was saying to this brother, you know, hey, listen, this is why I feel like God would have you, you know, <laughs> consider this aspect of the argument of the topic because it's going to bring you joy in the long run Mm -hmm. you know i mean so many times we misinterpret you know wisdom and and truth and uh as like a a killjoy like god's this you know great school marm in the sky you know demanding you have no fun you know the opposite is true god says i know how to you know have you live your life in a way that's going to bring you lasting joy and peace Mm -hmm. 
So I think that the method has to be, man, I want to bring you joy, not prove you wrong. I don't want to win an argument right now. I want to yeah. say, listen, I, I believe that you're seeing this incorrectly, and here's what's going to lead you to real enjoyment in life. Okay, so I I've got a lot. I had a line of questions that I kind of lined up, and some some things that I was some food for thought that I had for myself when it comes to discernment. And, and one of the things I was wondering was like, oh, when you're helping someone, what if like your help isn't doing good for them, right? It's kind of like enabling them to do negative things. But from what you just said, it seems like good discernment enables them towards God. Yes. And godly things instead of yes. enabling them in the other direction. Yes. Um, towards things that kind of steer them away for God or the evil one yeah. per se. Yeah. Absolutely. I think it's also important to keep in mind that we're all, you know, uh, we're all in progress. Mm-hmm. You know, like, uh, I mean, there are times in your life that, that consequence, you know, or godly wisdom will just you know, kind of hammer down on you and be like, hey, you're, you're not doing this anymore. You know, this is, if you're, I mean, like, I'm to use a horrible example of it, you know, if, if some guy's got a, a temper issue and he's smacking his wife or his girlfriend around. You know, like, no, you're stopping that today, okay? That's that's completely unacceptable behavior. You're victimizing somebody. You're harming people. Um, but when it comes to, like, long-term change, it's it's really important that when we're talking with somebody that we see God is using them in a process of bringing them into joy in life. And, you know, what, what Christians term progressive sanctification. You know, like, that's the, the churchy word for when you get saved, uh, the blood of Jesus Christ absolves you of sin, makes you new, and then you go on that journey of becoming more and more and more like Jesus, you know, and we're all in process. You know, when I look at you, man, I want to be able to say, yeah, there's some things that that God's growing him in, and I get the honor of walking next to him and seeing the Holy Spirit make him into the man he's supposed to be. And I would want any of my brothers or sisters to look at me in the exact same way. As here's Ken, you know, there's there's certain things that should be expected of me, especially as a spiritual leader. You know, expected that I'm not I'm not living some double life, you know, and being a hypocrite behind the scenes. You know, but at the same time, I want people to look at those things in my life that God is growing me in wisdom with, and say He's in process. You know, okay. we're we're all getting there. So I guess once once you're saved, you start this process of sanctification, becoming more Christ-like, to prepare ourselves for the kingdom of heaven. Um, so for those people that are new to Christ. That maybe came from a not so hot lifestyle before. Mm-hmm. How do they get closer to the Holy Spirit that they've been given through Christ to better their discernment and their actions through through life? Okay, I'm I'm gonna give a a churchy sounding response to that. All right, that is twofold: being in the Word and growing in relationship. Straight up, you you have to get around good Word teachers. Okay, because. The Bible says, and we've referred to this a million times already since we started this podcast, the truth will set you free. You must speak words of truth to yourself. You must open up the Word of God and say, Holy Spirit, teach me. And, I mean, we live in such a beautiful age, man, where, I mean, you you open up your computer, grab your phone, and you've got world-class teaching at your fingertips for free. Okay, all these beautiful tools. I mean, we might want to, like, list podcasts people can listen to, you know, other than this one, and, like, good <laughs> teachings, things like that. You know, and then it, while we're absorbing that word and that truth, we must ask the Holy Spirit, reveal yourself to me in a relational way. You know, because that's that's the twofold thing here is, you know, we're, we're reading literature that's thousands of years old um, that we believe is sacred and powerful 
the word identifies itself as alive, living, and active, you know, and then we have to fall in love with the God behind it all, who is in love with us as well, and say, I need to know you in relationship, man, it's, it's, you know, I mean, the the holiness of God, the standards of God, all those things, like they become more and more beautiful to me in my in my walk with Him, right? Amen. But the thing that that gets me like really passionate is is just thinking about my Jesus and how much I love Him and how much you know I've fallen more and more in love with Him the longer I go. To look upon Him is to see beauty and and I don't know. You just adore Him the more you develop a relationship with him. And it takes both of those things because I'll be straight up with you, man. There's times that God requires things of me I don't like. Amen. I don't, I I don't like I the disciplines. I don't like the, I don't like you sometimes that the word says certain things. But then if I look past that carnal, you know, a 43-year-old Ken arguing with an eternal God, saying, <laughs> I think I know better, you know, uh, and I look past that initial rub to, oh, I'm so in love with this deity, you know, and I believe I have a relationship with him and he, holds me when I'm weeping and he encourages me when I need it and he walks with me through the dark nights of the soul and all of these things, man, then it's like, okay, I can ingest it a whole lot easier. So it's those two things. And growing with the indiscernment, get around truth and develop relationship. Okay. I like this. Those are good. Yes. So when there's growing in relationship, like when you have relationships with others or new people you meet, and like when you become a Christian, you start finding your Christian family and you be, make those new friends there. But do you have any advice for those who are jumping into Christianity who isn't in a circle of it hmm. and reaching out or sh- taking a step forward to show others that's what you're doing to where it is? Uh, I know it's naturally. Uh, bounces off of you to those around you just from my own testimony seeing True. those around me starting to follow Christ just because I am yeah but is there anything you could advise to those to to kind of show it a little bit more kind of okay. get the your friend to take a step forward too okay okay um I think one of the disciplines that we just have to embrace Bruce is that uh relationship is necessary and that's especially talking to the generation that we're talking to here. That's a, um, a difficult thing to really embrace as truth sometimes. Um, because, I mean, the, the way our culture has gone has become more and more for all of our technology and our ease of communication, we become more and more isolated. Um, it's, I mean, watch Catfish, and there's people who believe they're in love with somebody they've literally never seen and talked to. You know, I'm sorry, you're not in a real relationship. And if you read the word, the word is clear. All of these do unto one another's that are in the word. You must be in relationship with people. So I'm sounding heavy-handed out of the gate. What I mean is we have to be deliberate about developing relationships, okay? Um, and then just let your light shine. You know, if, if you've accepted Jesus, then the word is clear. The Holy Spirit lives in you, okay? Yield to that Holy Spirit. Ask him to shine through you. And yeah, like you said, there's kind of this reflexive thing that starts happening in your social circle that people notice a difference. People can say there's something different about Bruce now. There's he's speaking differently. He's not maybe you know uh, doing the same things that that we used to do together and and all that stuff. And it's just going to happen uh, that God is going to bring you people that are going to edify you and encourage you and help you in your sanctification journey while you're also reaching out into your circle and shining the light of Jesus. Like those are the, the, the different categories of relationship we have to have, right? Is you have to have people that are, I'll say it this way, further along in their sanctification walk 
that you can aspire to be like, you can learn from, you can have advice given to you from, and the people you're reaching behind you and saying, hey, come on, come with me. Yeah. You know, I want to make, I want to help the Holy Spirit make your life better as well. That's good. Okay. What about, what about this one? So we all have friends too that aren't Christian. Not every Christian can just like involve themselves with only Christianity. Oh, we shouldn't. Yeah. yeah we definitely shouldn't because then how do we save others, yeah. right? Yeah. How do we do God's work? But uh, for those that just don't, are a little harder to get to with getting them to open the door to Christ. Someone who doesn't necessarily believe Holy Spirit or believe in God yet. Uh-huh. Um, how do you, how do you get the point across to them, or like you're pointing out their actions that are not necessarily wrong, and you would you would act in a different discernment? How do you, mm-hmm. how would you get across to them that they should probably do something different if it's mm-hmm. necessarily asking them if it's wrong in their own mind, or is it is there a way you would kind of tackle that? Okay. Um, Okay, the Bible talks a lot about the power of the testimony. You know, the testimony, I actually heard a preacher describe it this way once, that when, when you're living a testimony uh, out loud, you, even when you, you know, enunciate it, you know, to people that are listening, it, he said it this way, he said, it's almost as if the Holy Spirit recharges the atmosphere with the original power that did the original work being testified about, okay? Hmm. So if you're living a testimony, um, there will in time becomes something that's attractive about you that's going to open up those conversations to the people you're trying to influence. And I think it's really clear. Now, there, there's going to be times that that the Holy Spirit is going to direct you to just drop a bomb of truth on somebody, right? But the vast majority of times, we need to lean into God's wisdom for where that person is at, you know, because uh, what you're asking is, you know, how do you, how do you say this to somebody that, that needs to hear the truth? Um, cautiously. Honestly. You know, and I'm not talking about not being bold, man. That's one of the things I love about you, Bruce, is you are a bold cat. <laughs> you know, you're just like, hey, man, this, and you're, you're uniquely anointed for that. Like, I think that there's there's this evangelist anointing in you that you're just like, man, you live out loud, brother, you know, and people are like, wow, there's something different about him, you know, and ideally we all need to at least have certain parts of our uh, you know, testimonial lives that are functioning in that capacity. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to like long-term relationships, you know, I mean, I, I can't tell you how many people I know of that, you know, get radically saved for Jesus. And man, they just ostracize everybody in their lives because nobody wants to be around somebody that's just being, telling them all the time, hey, you're wrong, yeah. you're wrong, you're wrong. You know, uh, be around them. Let your testimony shine through your freedom, right? Mm-hmm. And then when the Holy Spirit says, now, then you drop truth on them, you know, and you say, here's, here's what's going to bring you freedom. I, I, I act that like what you just said, like the Holy Spirit tells you when to say certain things. Like there's a lot of people who like, I try to bring to church. Right. But not every time I'm like, Oh, you should come to church with me Sunday. They'll probably hear out of the first times I'm bringing it. The first time I meet them, then I'll bring it up and I'll invite them. Uh But I'm not going to invite them every Sunday. Yeah. But then they have, I've known them for like a couple months and they're going through a really rough week. I'm just being a friend. I'm listening to them. They're Mm -hmm. telling me all these things that are going wrong. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then I drop it again. Hey, this might be a good time to go to church this week. Yeah. In my faith, this week's for you. All right. Whenever, whenever <laughs> those weeks kind of pile up on someone, and then they end up showing up, and I know that it's their first time, and then you're yeah. dropping a, a a sermon, 
just the whole time I'm like looking over. I'm like, <laughs> we were talking about it. Well, was this not just happening? Uh, yeah. And I feel like the Holy Spirit does that in church so well. And that's why I don't yeah. push people to come to church. Yeah. I invite them to come to church when they're struggling the most because that's yeah. when God's going to make the most moves and the Holy Spirit are going to just move within them because it's just like one big, oh, like, yeah, Christianity doesn't matter how long you're around. It seems like you go to a sermon. Oh, you're talking to me. You're talking to me. Yeah. Everything's relatable. Yeah. But I really feel like sometimes when people have those really rough weeks and they go for the first time, man, it's just like, yeah, dude, I'm telling you, okay. You've heard me say this before. C.S. Lewis is my big boy crush. All right. I love this guy. Um, he says that pain is God's megaphone. Okay. So I think when practicing discernment, we should lean into what is God saying when somebody's walking through difficulties and it's not some, you know, opportunistic pouncing on somebody's tragedy, to get a quote-unquote notch in your spiritual belt, right? But just recognizing that God, I mean, there's the whole Puritan writer, I forget who wrote it this, he said it this way, um, and still God calls to them through joys and sorrows alike, he reveals himself. And that's, I mean, that's so true. Like The older I'm getting in him, the more I'm being progressively sanctified, the more I'm seeing him in the beautiful joys of my life. Mm-hmm. You know, when I look at the miracle he did with my children, like, and I, I hear their laughs. Man, I'm telling you, when my kids laugh, I hear the voice of God, okay? And then also there have been tragedies in my life that I see God behind orchestrating and using and saying, son, I'm here, and I'm more prone to listen. You yeah. know, so what you're talking about is implementing discernment and when to reach out to people. I, I think that's just the discernment of recognizing the Holy Spirit is going to uh till the soil of the human heart through difficulties and that's when you're talking about bringing people to church and then all of a sudden it's the right sunday it's the right talk it's the right Mm -hmm. time for the holy spirit to say something that they need that moment yeah you know that's that is the discernment of the holy spirit that's so good and god only god is that good you know where he just drops it perfect for that specific person um or like i i like every once in a while i'll just open the bible just randomly open it and see like look at the first verse i see and it's so, roulette it's, is what you're yeah saying. it's so weird how accurate that can be very often like, especially when you're de- not just like i do this every day and then god's just 100 percent, 100 percent. no it's right. like the difficulties like oh man this week this day's been rough what is god trying to tell me yeah i open it up and like that somewhere on that page has got something to do with what i'm going through <laughs> Wow, like, that's God it, dude. Do that. And that's that's also, I mean, not to push back against that, but it's also not an exact science. Yeah. You know, one of them, I think, one of the old time preachers used this as a sermon illustration. Like, and you call it the Bible roulette. You know, like don't play Bible roulette if you're, let's say, you're struggling with suicidal thoughts. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're gonna fly open your word, and it talks about Judas going and hanging himself. You know, oh no, okay, we'll close again, then open it up, and it'll come to a verse that says, "Go and do likewise." You know, yeah. <laughs> it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. you know, but I'm telling you, I mean, that's that's the, what what he's describing there is like non-spirit led, you know, just yeah. man, uh, hail Mary shot hail in this, Mary right? But if you're if you're asking the Holy Spirit, like God, I, man, I need your voice. The primary way the Lord is going to speak to you is through His Word, okay? Yeah. And then you you pause, you give it that quick breath prayer, and open it up. Yeah, I think nine times, maybe nine nine times out of a hundred, God's going to speak to you in that fashion. So good. Well, hopefully this has been uh, some good questions on defining discernment for those who hear it in church all the time, but not necessarily know exactly what we're talking about, because it seems like it's dropped here and there. Um, So with this conversation, I want to leave, again, our listeners with 
some kind of challenge or something to get them better in their sanctification process and, and bettering their discernment in their life. Um, do you have any tips or giving, can you give us a challenge or something to try to do this week to, to help us with that? Okay. This is going to sound a little bit ethereal, maybe too nebulous. Um, but there is something for everybody listening to this right now. There is some question you're asking God, some situation you need wisdom in and guidance in. Uh, discernment in, to use our topic word, right? Think about that right now. Think about it. Maybe you're you're uh, asking God about a relationship or a job move. Maybe there's a health concern in your body. Maybe there's tragedy in your family, something like that. Um, be specific and ask him, what are you saying about this? And then slow down long enough to listen. And that's something that's very difficult in today's day and age, especially in this demographic. Listen to me. I'm telling you, put your phone down. Go outside. It's June right now. (laughs) You got some awesome weather. Sit in nature and listen for God. And I would pretty much stake my life on it. He's going to speak to you. He wants to give you discernment. He wants to give you wisdom. Jesus says, or the Bible says about Jesus looking at Jerusalem, that he wept over them because they're like sheep without a shepherd. He looks at those without discernment and wisdom right now and feels the exact same way. He weeps for you if you're stumbling through life in the dark. Ask him, expect him to answer, stir your faith, and then listen. It's a little bit nebulous, like I said, but give it a shot. Run the experiment. Hey, I think that's good. Right, I'm going to try that myself. All right, me too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks again for tuning in, guys. I hope you enjoyed this one. God bless y'all. Have a good week. Wait.